Mr. Goodhart, Episode 1. Barbara, Mr. Teddy, and Sorry I Accidentally Murdered You. Screenplay by Ren Ipe. Narrated by Anthony Fast. We pull up on a suburban street in the early 90s, and Boy Scout J, 12, helps an old woman across the street. Thank you, little boy. Jake smiles proudly. A pastor waters his grass nearby and waves at Jake. Hey, Jake, coming to church this Sunday? Jake flashes a big old thumbs up. In my Sunday's best, and an hour early for choir practice, Pastor. <laughs> Attaboy. Oh no, my cat is stuck in a tree. Jake looks off heroically in the direction of the voice. Cut to a Jake montage. Jake reaches for a kitten crouched on a branch, tucks it into his shirt. I got him, Mrs. Cunningham. Jake helps a paperboy put the chain back onto his bicycle. And that's how you fix a bike! A mob has gathered around a nerd, getting beaten up violently by a bully. Jake runs up and breaks up the fight. Come on, guys! Don't we have enough fighting in this world already? The nerd nods. The bully doesn't get it. Here's a couple of vouchers for milkshakes at Henry's Diner. I got it for cleaning their gutters. The bully reaches for them. Jake pulls them away. But only if you make friends and go together. The nerd puts his hand out. The bully takes a moment, but sticks his hand out too. Ugh, fine. They shake hands. Jake hands over the milkshake voucher. Jake walks around the corner into the alleyway and notices someone sitting on the pavement. It's David Goodhart, 10. Thin-haired, pale, sickly-looking child with big eyes. Sits on the curb eating a cupcake. He has another cupcake in a pastry box sitting nearby. Jake eyes it. He licks his lips. David notices Jake. Hey, Jake! Would you like a cupcake? It's my birthday. My mom made them. Jake looks at the pastry box again. It clearly says Safeway on it. David grabs the cupcake box and offers it to Jake. Jake looks around to make sure no one is watching. Odd. He reaches for the pastry box, looks at the cupcake a moment, then flings the box over his shoulder casually. David is flabbergasted. Why? Your mom's a fucking whore, and those cupcakes are from Safeway. Jake begins to kick the shit out of David, continually punting him in the gut. Stop! I'm gonna... David pukes up pink icing and cupcake chunks. Jake kicks David over into the pink vomit. Jake bends over. Fuck you, pencil dick. Dissolve to 21 years later. The camera pans around the well-decorated room with its awards and degrees all belonging to an Amanda Harper. And he made me just lie there in my own sick and just laughed at me. Reveal the person recollecting the tale to be David Goodhart, 34. He's bald now, 
still thin, pale, and gangly. His eyes deep blue and watery, anxious and ready to well up at a moment's notice. It was my birthday, and to this day, I can't stand the sight of cupcakes. I gag. A framed picture of Amanda reveals her to be quite young, stylish, and beautiful in her graduation photo. Seated behind the frame is the real-life version, not much older than her graduation photo, looking bored and at her phone. But you've also said that every time you feel threatened or anxious, you still gag? Sometimes even puke? Dr. Harper's busy liking pictures on Facebook. Yes, he must have triggered some post-traumatic gag reflex in me that day. That's not a thing, David. Isn't today your birthday? She sees a picture of a friend with kids and skips past like. Yes, it is. I am 34 years old today, and I still can't figure out why Jake Finley beat me up that day. He was a good Samaritan, that Jake, but he still hated my guts. I feel like if I can get to the bottom of that, I can maybe get over my anxieties. Dr. Harper looks up from her phone and directly at David. I don't think it's that simple, David. You've had a lifetime of trauma that you need to deal with. Boiling it down to a singular event that you can blame your whole life on is irreverent to our sessions. I want to focus on something you said earlier. Why do you think Jake called your mother a whore? I don't know. Because he was a bully? You yourself said he was a good Samaritan. So it seems out of character for him to say that. Can you think of any other reason? I mean, maybe, uh, I'm just ballparking here, uh, maybe it has something to do with, uh... David starts to shuffle uncomfortably in his seat, squirming around. A visible nervous tick. Amanda jots it down. My mom giving his dad a hand at the supermarket parking lot and his parents divorcing? Maybe that? Dr. Harper looks at David dryly. Do you think you have a habit of blaming others for your problems, David? Do me a favor, David. Today's your birthday. Instead of repeating pattern behavior, try something different today. Break the pattern. She gets a message on her phone. It's a dick pic. A big one. I guess I could try that. <laughs> Do you really think I blame others for my problems? Wow. Do I do that? I, I feel like we're making some real progress here, Doc. Another message. Look up. She looks out her door and sees a horny intern winking at her through the window. That's all the time we've got for today, David. Happy birthday. David looks at her disheartened. Then the clock. He sighs. <sighs> Opening title, Mr. Goodhart, Act One. We are face to face with a box of brightly decorated cupcakes, oddly reminiscent of David's cupcakes from the teaser. Cupcake pencil dick? Reveal David, staring at the box of cupcakes in terror. Beads of sweat pour down his face. 
the fluorescent lights reflect off his head. What did you just say? An older, bespectacled woman stands across from David holding the cupcakes. Would you like a cupcake, David? I baked them myself. David looks at the cupcakes again and retches a little. Ugh. No, thank you. I'm allergic to gluten. He rolls away with his mail cart. This must be his job. But it's gluten-free! David waves her off behind him and moseys onward. He turns the corner and stops short. He sees his muse, Susan Thorne, working in a cubicle across from him. His eyes glaze over as he stares at her dreamily. He closes his eyes. Cut to David's dream sequence. David's eyes open as he wakes up next to Susan in the wee hours of the morning. They kiss. A golden curl falls between them. The camera pulls back to reveal David has thick golden locks in his dream and he is insanely buff. It looks weird as fuck. Fade to white. David flashes back to reality. He's bald, skinny, standing in the middle of an office, pushing a mail cart. Self-consciously, he touches his head. Susan stands just a few feet away from him. He rummages through his mail cart to see if she has any mail. Checks T for Thorn. Nothing. David sighs a little. He looks at Susan for a moment, more longingly, and walks away. David walks sluggishly into the mailroom. He's immediately accosted by Jason, 26. His enthusiastic, handsome, buffoon of a supervisor. Hey there, Dave. You were late this morning, bro. Hey, uh, sorry about that. My session ended early this morning and I went to grab some coffee. That's all right, man. Happy birthday. I got you a coffee. But I just... David grabs the coffee. Uh, yeah, all right. Thanks. David sits down at his desk and notices Jason's grabbed a third coffee. Who's the third one for? Jason smiles at him coyly. <laughs> it's for Susan! David does a spit take, spilling coffee all over his desk. Gross. Come on, man. You think the only gift I got for your birthday is a coffee? I'm gonna get you a date with Susan, man. Why would, why would you do that? Because, bro, I've seen you pining over this girl since you started working here. You should act on it. Susan comes into the mailroom. Hey, I got an email from you guys that you needed to see me. Any mail in? David shrinks down in his seat, his head red like a tomato. Um, well... Jason looks over at David, waiting for him to strike up a conversation. David looks like a deer caught in the headlights. Blank. You see, someone here wanted to grab you a coffee today. Jason winks at David. Susan misinterprets the wink. Oh, <laughs> did someone really? She starts caressing Jason's buff arm. Jason is oblivious. He flexes, showing off his cool guns. It's also that someone's birthday! 
She pulls Jason closer by his tie, their lips inches apart. Oh, is it really? Guess I'll have to give you something really special for your birthday then, huh? Between their lips, we see David sitting across from them. He looks like he's going to be sick. Jason finally clues in. Oh, what? <laughs> no, uh, David. It's David's birthday. He got us the coffees. Susan's eyes widen. She looks momentarily disoriented, but she pries herself loose off Jason and regains her composure. She turns around and smiles cordially at David. Thank you for the coffee, David. Mmm, soy latte, my favorite. And on your birthday, you think of me. Such a kind soul. David raises his eyebrows in hope, grins idiotically at her. Susan waits for a response, but David just sits there with a dumb smile plastered on his face. Bland, unresponsive. A long beat passes. Susan's put off. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> Thanks. Susan leaves the room. The smile wipes off David's face. Jason stands across from David, shaking his head disappointedly. What was that, man? I don't know. I froze up. My shrink just told me today to break the pattern, do something different. So why didn't you? I should have. Jason contemplates this thought. He starts taking deep, meditative breaths. Closes his eyes as he does. After a moment, he opens his eyes stares at David intently for a couple of beats. I used to be just like you, afraid to seize the moment. Watching time and space move past you while you're eternally stuck in one moment. Unevolving, stagnating, dying. What? You're 30 fucking four, David. That's 34 years of unenvisioned hopes and dreams. Parallel lives where you were happy that blew by you. You have to go after that girl and express how you feel about her. But, but, but I can't. She's just not that into me. Seize your life, you fuck. Like a great man once said, just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. It, is, is that a Shia LaBeouf monologue? Jason looks at something invisible in the middle of his palm and screams at it. Just do it. He crushes his palm into a ball, raises his fist, ready to punch, and comes running at David. David jumps out of his seat. What the fuck? Just fucking do it! And runs out the room. He closes the door behind him. He can see Jason on the other side, baring his teeth, smashing his fists against the glass. Ah! Just fucking do it! Okay, fine. Just stop. Uh, did you say something? Susan stands at the other end of the hall. David runs up to Susan. Uh, okay, I guess I've just got, I've got no choice here. Get it over with, break the pattern, just do it. Mumbling all the different mantras of the day. What are you talking about? Listen, I like you. I've liked you since I first laid eyes on you. 
And, well, I'm not sure if you like me or not, but I felt I owed it to myself to express how I felt about you. David smiles genuinely. Susan looks taken aback by the proposition. They stand awkwardly for a couple of beats. Then a couple more. Now it's getting really awkward. David is sweating bullets. Then Susan's eyes spark up. She smiles back and... Aww. She coos at him like he's a child. She makes puppy dog eyes and pinches his cheek. David stands there, confused. That's adorable! You've got a crush on me! David cringes. Ouch. He smiles back weakly, unsure of how to react. His eyes glisten, short of crying. Inside his head, Fuck. Susan's quite oblivious to the crushing blow her rejection has upon him, so she continues talking. David looks down dejected. There's a breakdown happening within him. Susan's voice is reduced to a whisper. I broke the pattern, seized the moment, told her how I feel, and she pinches my cheek. He absentmindedly touches his reddened cheek. Catching himself, he slips back into reality. Catches the end of Susan's sentence. But also, I just started seeing this guy, Blake. He's so hot. David's face is blank. He nods robotically at Susan. Inside. Now she's talking about some other guy. Susan starts miming a sausage in her hands. David's confused distracted by his own array of thoughts. What's she... Is she... Is she talking about his junk? David dry heaves, making a sound. Susan steps back, grossed out. Ew! Um, excuse me, I'm so sorry. He turns to leave. He sees Jason standing at the other end of the hallway, mean-mugging him. Jason spreads his legs apart, Hunches over, flexes muscles outward into a horseshoe figure, a la Shia LaBeouf. Just do it! David gags for real this time. He looks around desperately. He spots a nearby washroom door between him and Jason and away from Susan. He beelines towards it. Cut to... David's head disappears into a toilet bowl. He pukes his guts out in a disgusting symphony of splashes and wretches. He continues to retch, getting it all out. Finally, David's head appears from out the toilet bowl. He notices his tie has fallen into the bowl. David sighs. <sighs> Shit. David stands in a jolting train, no tie, with a package in his hand. It looks like it might be a present. The train stops at the next station. Someone pushes past him sending the package flying into the air, and a decorated chocolate cake falls towards the floor. Another passenger snickers at the debacle. David looks down sadly at the fallen cake. We quickly see the words Happy and David in a crumbled mess on the floor before a foot steps over the notion. David stands outside his apartment door. No tie, no cake. Slouched over and disappointed. 
He looks at the front door. It stares back at him ominously. David shivers. Weird. He opens it. It swings open with a creak. An outline of a woman sits before him on a stool. Hello, Barbara. The door shuts behind them. Outside TechWorks office, later. Get Happy plays emphatically in the background. A pair of feet tap rhythmically to it as it walks along. It's David. He's got a pair of headphones sticking out of his ears. The next day at work, he's all smiles as he rolls his mail cart along. Bundle of sunshine. People are responding to David's positive attitude. They're looking at him in a new light. Jason and Susan stand by the water cooler, talking. Then he almost puked. It was really gross. Jason nods in agreement. Yeah, he freaks out easily, like a baby lamb. I was just trying to motivate him, you know? He turned 34 yesterday. Shut the front door. That is so old. Still, you could have gone on one date with the guy. Do you think it'll be weird with him now? Since he asked me out? Jason shrugs. You can never really tell with a guy like David. At that moment, David rolls past their view, flashes them a big old shit-eating grin, like nothing happened yesterday, and moves on. Susan and Jason both smile back, politely. Yup. You can never really tell with David. Later. David sits on a park bench, feeding the pigeons. This must be his usual spot. He looks comfortable here. Happy. Smiling, he looks up to see that the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and there isn't a cloud in sight. He takes in the blissful moment. He's gotten a text message. Still smiling, David callously opens it. It's from Barbara. Says, you should kill yourself. Smile evaporates off of David's face. There's another text. Do it now. David quietly puts the phone away and tries to go back to feeding the birds. Another text. All the birds fly away ominously. David sits still, refusing to pick up the phone. He throws the sandwich away and walks off. He walks fast, like he's trying to get away from the messages. Finally, he gives in. What? All the messages read the same thing. He reads it. Everyone knows you asked Susan out yesterday. Except the last one, it reads, They're all laughing behind your back. Later on. David rides up the elevator. He looks pale. The elevator door opens. David looks mortified at the idea of exiting. David steps out of the elevator, and everyone is still upbeat, but it hits him differently. Their uplifting demeanor and smiles all look sinister from his point of view, but they're all laughing at him. David makes his way through the office like it's a jungle. Someone waves at him. David steps back. Hey, Dave. Heard it was your birthday yesterday. Well, happy belated birthday, man. He slaps him on the shoulder in a friendly way. David gawks at the gesture, trying to size up the intention behind it. It weirds the guy out. 
Uh, okay then. See ya. The guy walks away, shaking his head. Weirdo. David just stands there, looking ashamed of himself. Things are not going well. From David's point of view, we see that every face is now contorted, twisted into evil grins. Their eyes judge him harshly. David is looking away from people's faces, not making eye contact and staring at his mail cart as he rolls along. He drops off the mail quietly. People notice he's acting quite different than this morning. Jason catches up to David. Hey David, what's going on? I've been getting calls from everyone, saying they've been getting the wrong mail all afternoon. David doesn't know what to say, so he tries to tell the truth. I, I, I just haven't been feeling too good, Jason. You were fine this morning. Was it something you ate? Yeah, maybe. He's distracted by another text he's received. He sighs and opens it, too tired to fight back. Well, if there's anything you ever need to talk about... Takes David's face a moment to register what the text says. It reads, Remember Becky Jones? I'm always here. Dude! David leans over, retching, barfs all over Jason's shoes. What the fuck? My Jordans! People are looking. David looks mortified. Christ, David! Go home! Later on, gun store. He walks up to a counter with a big, broad smile. Hello! What is the best gun you have to end one's own life with? Act 2 Standing behind the counter is a concerned old hippie woman surrounded by guns. The old woman looks flabbergasted. What did you just say, dear? I want to kill myself. An awkward pause between them. She stares at him like, is he for real? He stares back pathetically, a cry for help. Then she begins playing with her hearing aid. Oh, I see. That's that's what I thought you said. My hearing ain't what it used to be. Well, what's America without freedom, am I right? It's your body, your choice, so who the hell am I to tell you not to kill yourself? She laughs. David looks a little disappointed by the anticlimactic buildup. She opens up the gun rack behind her. Well, I know all the kids like to cobain themselves like old Kurt, but that's too messy. Think of those who have to clean up after you. Plus, what if you live? You'd be a circus freak till the end of your days. She pulls a handgun from under the counter. A handgun's the way to go, I say. Clean, simple, and to the point. Pew! She fake blows her brains out and chuckles at her own dark sense of humor. David nods, takes it all in, deadly serious. One, please. Later on, David sits on his computer, loaded up with an instructional video on YouTube. The title reads, How to Use a Handgun. Wow, only 30 seconds. He picks up his bowl of cereal. The gun lies callously next to it. He takes a bite and clicks play. A redneck appears on screen, polishing his handgun in a field. So, you want to use a handgun, huh? David nods along absentmindedly. Well, there's nothing fucking to it. You just turn the safety off and shoot. He aims the gun off into the distance and shoots. The screen goes black. That's it? The redneck reappears on screen. Oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, good. Only pussies on TV cock the hammer. All it does is make the firing pin hair trigger. Real men don't need that shit. 
Screen goes black again. David repeats what he just heard. Real men don't need that shit. The bedroom door opens ajar. We see Barbara for the first time. It's a mannequin head, with human hair and a fleshlight for a mouth, sitting on a stool in the hall, staring at him. David snaps. He screams his lungs out at Barbara. Gaylord, Minnesota, late 80s. Seven-year-old David sits before a television, drinking from a juice box. He's glued to the TV. Bright colors and lights reflect off David's eager face. Suddenly, there's a brand new teddy bear floating before his eyes. David's mother, Helen Goodhart, pops into view, holding the teddy bear. She's got a lit cigarette in her mouth, and she brings it awful close to David's face when she leans in. Guess what mama found, Davy? David coughs. <coughs> a teddy bear? Is that for me? David takes a hold of the teddy bear and hugs it so close, ready to never let it go. He loves it. The bear is a gift from Pastor Ron. Behind Helen, we see Pastor Ron, the same pastor from the teaser, pouring himself a large helping of whiskey. He pours a second glass and smiles coyly at Helen. David catches the look, but he's too young to make sense of it. Thanks, Pastor Ron. boy, Davy. Why don't you take that toy upstairs while your mom and I... Pray. Helen smiles at the thought. David runs off with the bear, up the stairs. He's not a toy. He's my new best friend, and his name is Mr. Teddy. <laughs> what a clever boy you are. You run along upstairs. Okay. David's bedroom is dingy. Downstairs, we hear the passionate throes of sex. Things are shaking in this room. Save me, Pastor Ron. Nourish that ass. We find David sitting by his window, far away from the noisy door hugging Mr. Teddy super tight, half oblivious to all the shit happening around him, half in denial. The sex noises keep getting louder as they climax. David just hugs Mr. Teddy ever so tightly as he rocks back and forth. Later that summer, parents hug their children as they send them off to camp. We find David amidst the children, Mr. Teddy in hand. He looks at the happy children hugging their parents goodbye and looks around for his mom. He spots her in a car with some teenage kid. They're making out and her bra is coming undone. The car drives off. David waves anyway. He holds Mr. Teddy a little tighter. We see David in his dorm room, looking intimidated by all the hormone-fueled teenage boys. He clings onto his teddy bear. He's the weakest link here. He knows it. A hand touches him on the shoulder. He turns around to find a comely young camp counselor. Her shiny name badge says, Becky Rogers. She has a kind face. Hey there, champ. Feeling a little out of place, huh? David nods shyly. Well, don't you worry. We're going to have lots of fun here. She smiles at him reassuringly. He smiles back, opening up to the idea of having fun here. He turns around smiling and looks one of the other boys dead in the eye. Corey, 10. He's big, he's mean looking, and he's staring at Mr. Teddy intently. David gulps. He doesn't like it. Later on. David wakes up in the middle of the night to squeaking noises. He reaches for Teddy, but can't find him there. David looks around in his covers, jumps off his bed, then looks underneath. Mr. Teddy is nowhere to be found. The squeaking continues. Curious, David follows the noise. 
David turns the corner to find Corey with his pants down, Mr. Teddy propped up over the footboard, and Corey humping the shit out of him. Close up, David's mouth wide open as he screams in horror. Match cut to David's open mouth as he cries in the counselor's office. Corey sits next to him nonchalantly. I'm so sorry, David, but we had to burn Mr. Teddy after what was done to him. You killed him? <laughs> Why? <laughs> yes, that's a good question. Why, Corey? Corey shrugs. I got honey in there. He's no big deal. Mom says it's quite normal for a boy my age. But why Mr. Teddy? He was just sitting there, all naked. <laughs> you should have put some pants on that bear with its big old ass. He was asking for it. David balls out, alarmed. Oh no, I killed Mr. Teddy. <laughs> Corey laughs at David. Leave, Corey. Just get out of here. And you can't join us for the scavenger hunt this afternoon. That's not fair. My parents paid good money for this shit. I want to go. Well, you should have thought about that before you went humping other people's bears. Corey slams the door on his way out. David continues to cry, having a panic attack. Becky pats him on the back. Calm down. It's going to be all right. She hugs him, unknowingly bringing her bosom against his face. He stops crying instantly, confused. So you're going to come with us for the scavenger hunt, right? David shakes his head. He looks out the window, disappointed. He just lost his bestest friend. Becky catches on quickly. I know you just lost your friend, but you'll make lots of new friends out there. David looks up. Becky is beaming at him. David can't help it. He smiles back. Will you be there? David might be having his first crush on a girl. Of course I will. He smiles at her sheepishly. Definitely first crush moment. Okay, I'll go. Later. We see all the kids are out and about looking for things on the scavenger hunt. Various kids pick up different objects from all over the woods. Rocks, pine cones, mushrooms, three-leaf clovers, etc. Becky looks around for David and spots him finding items with a group of kids. He's smiling. Looks to be doing just fine. A girl comes running out of the woods, followed by a grizzly bear. Becky looks on in fear. Get away from that bear! The scared girl comes running past her. Becky puts herself between the kids and the bear. She takes out a can of bear mace. Stay back, kids! Mr. Teddy! David runs against the crowd, towards the bear. Becky, realizing what's happened, No! No! David! Get away! David has his arms wide open, running towards the bear. It's Mr. Teddy, Becky! He's come back to life! Just like Pinocchio! Jesus! Without thinking, she gets between David and the bear. The bear immediately freaks out, swipes her away, slashing her headfirst into a tree. David screams, suddenly realizing it's just a big fucking bear. Turns, runs off in the opposite direction with the other kids. The angered bear goes on to maul Becky, who screams out in terror. Fade to black. Act three. It's a beautiful night out. The sun sets slowly. David sits on a park bench watching it. The gun glints on his lap. A somber moment. Sounds of people laughing and talking echo in the background, all far off in the distance. David has tears in his eyes as he watches the sunset. He lays his hand over the gun. Life has utterly failed him. This is a defeated man. And this, his defeated moment. On Susan, like bright hope in the distance. 
She's jogging in the same park with her dog. Is this the moment of redemption? On David. He looks around to make sure no one is around, then stuffs the gun into his mouth. Well, maybe not. He flicks the safety off, tries to pull the trigger. He won't give without cocking the hammer. He's too damn weak. On Susan, turns the corner, jogs towards David's obscure part of the park. On David, he tries to kill himself a few different ways, without cocking the hammer, but they all fail due to his ineptitude. David looks up at the heavens. I can't even die like a real man! On Susan, she hears something. She looks around and spots a familiar form sitting far off in the distance. David? He's got his back turned to her. She can't see what he's up to. All she sees is a sad man sit alone, watching the sunset. Oh, poop, Suze. Hope you didn't do that. Her dog looks up at her inquisitively. She looks back at it. I'll just pop by and say hi. Susan starts jogging towards David. On David, he's got the gun between his thighs, barrel aimed directly at his face, both thumbs wrapped around the trigger, rocking back and forth, hopelessly trying to press it down. It simply won't budge. Ah, oh, fuck it! He caves in, cocks the hammer, shoves the gun into his mouth, as Susan comes up jogging, smiling, stops short, then screams, frightened by what he's doing. David freaks out at the sudden sound, drops the gun out his mouth. It fumbles in his hands, goes off, shoots Susan square in the face. She falls backwards, and the scared dog runs away. Susan? Susan's faceless body lies at David's feet. He stares at it, terrified. It's not as messy as you'd think. The bullet never went out the back of her skull. Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. He retches, but manages to keep it down. There were voices off in the distance. Someone heard the shot. David takes one more look at Susan's faceless body, then at the gun lying by her body. The voices are getting closer. David picks up the gun. He looks at it longingly, ready to finish the job. Suddenly, his eyes dart towards Susan's faceless body. Gags again. Oh, fuck. I can't. I can't do it. There's nothing over here. Maybe on the other side. No, 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 no. David tucks the gun into his waistline, grabs Susan's body by the feet, and starts dragging it away towards the tree line. You smell gunpowder? Should I call the police? The voices are close now, the tree line only a few feet away. David sweats buckets trying to make it out of sight. The people reach the bench and turn towards David as he makes it to the tree line, disappears out of sight. Close one. They look around the bench, but don't find anything out of place. Nothing here. Must have just been kids playing with fireworks. David drags Susan's body behind a fallen tree. He falls down beside her in exhaustion. He callously turns his head towards her, flinches his eyes shut. The sight. He can't bring himself to look at her, starts dry heaving heavily. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to... Make it look like a robbery. He sits up, avoids eye contact with Susan's face, rummages through her fanny pack, takes her wallet, cell phone, and car keys. He checks to make sure there's nothing related to him on her body, accidentally making eye contact with her face. He gasps out in horror, covering his mouth. His eyes well up with tears. The impact of what he's done has just hit him. He takes her hand in his and sobs profusely. <laughs> you were so beautiful, Susan. What, what did I do to you? God knows, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. I, I just wanted to end this joke of a life. He wipes away tears. 
I hate being the lonely loser fuck-up, and I just wanted to die. Not to hurt anyone. Especially you. Never you. I am I'm so sorry, Susan. Please, please forgive me. He starts pocketing all her belongings. <laughs> but I, I'm too much of a fucking pussy to face jail for what I've done. <laughs> please, forgive me. He takes one more look at her body, whimpers, and runs away, but suddenly stops short, his face contorted into an even greater degree of fear. <sighs> the fucking bullet! He turns his head slowly, back towards Susan's face, with the bullet still inside it. Oh God, please fucking no! Cut to a series of shots of David trying to dig the bullet out of Susan's face. First, he tries to stick his hand right into her face, but gags as his hands get near her. Fuck that. Next, he has a stick in one hand, digging the bullet out her face. The other hand tries to cover his mouth and eyes, effectively blinding him as he pokes the stick into what's left of her eye. David hears the sound, peeks out between his fingers, sees, and spews vomit out through his fingers, all over his face. Now, covered in vomit and blood, he's got two sticks stuck into her face, like a pair of chopsticks. He slowly tries to dig the bullet out, like an unholy game of operation. He unflinchingly stares at her, needing this ordeal to be fucking over. He succeeds! The bullet glints between the two sticks. He smiles, his ordeal finally over. He looks down, accidentally making eye contact, again, with the even more horrific remains of Susan's face. It is beyond fucked up. It just looks like mashed meat with eyeballs and teeth all over the place. David dry heaves again, gagging, holding it back. Sounds like a Charlie Callis set that ends in him projectile vomiting all over Susan's face. Her face cavity is now filled with his vomit. It's awful. Oh god, fuck! This doesn't look like a goddamn robbery! Fuck! David walks around hysterically, pulling out shrubs by the roots and chucking them off into the distance. He's losing his shit. <laughs> Why can't I get a break? This is the worst birthday ever! Jump cut to the next morning. David sits in a comfy booth in the back, nursing a warm cup of cocoa. He's dressed nice and has a placid smile on his face. A waitress pops by with a slice of cake and a lit candle on top. Happy birthday, sir! Oh no, my birthday was two days ago. Got a cake, but I never got to eat it. And so, here I am. He blows the candle out. So what did you wish for? It won't come true if you say it, will it? David chuckles. <laughs> That's all right. It's already come true. I wish to take charge of my life. The waitress nods, quite bemused. Wow, that's an interesting wish. Glad it came true. Anything else I can get you? No, just a check, please. The waitress leaves the check. David takes a bite of his cake, closes his eyes, savoring it, relishing the moment. A dog was found barking by its owner's car in the park. David stops short. He looks up at the television. This led the police to two dead bodies buried in the park. David drops his fork. It hits the plate with a clang. On the TV, the report continues. First body has been identified as the dog's owner, Susan Thorne. Cut to last night. Flashback of David quietly digging up a grave next to the fallen tree in the dark. He drops his flashlight. It shines a harsh light on Susan's destroyed face in the dark. It shocks David. He turns and vomits. 
The second body has not been identified yet. Screams come from under the vomit. David stumbles back scared, grabs the flashlight, shines it toward the noise. A homeless man, his face now covered in vomit, sits there. Shite, you lazy cunt! My eyes! He lunges for David. David drops the flashlight again. It shines back on Susan's face. The homeless man sees it. A human body with a faceless cavity filled with dried vomit. He cannot make sense of what the fuck it is he's looking at. Oh, sweet mother Mary! What the fuck is that? Is that a fucking person? His eyes dart from Susan to the shovel. He looks up at David. Did you do this? The man starts to cry, frightened. David tries to shush him. Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh my god, what the fuck? The face, you fucked it and vomited in it, huh? You freak! Ew, gross! No, I, I didn't do that. He looks up at David. You're a fucking monster! David mimes for the man to shut up. He takes out his wallet. Please, be, be quiet. I'll pay you. I'm not a whore. I won't do that. Oh, God, is that why you vomited on me? How are you going to face fuck me? Shh. Be quiet. David picks up the shovel to scare the man, but it only makes him scream louder at the sight. Help! Someone help! Murderer! He's going to molest me. David snaps. He's had enough of this shit. He brings the shovel down hard over the man's head. I told you to shut the fuck up! The man slumps back comically, in shock, quiet. David doesn't stop, though. He continues to smack him, repeatedly. It was a fucking accident! This is my life! You don't get to ruin it! Laughing hysterically while he bashes. <laughs> I'm seizing the fucking moment! Breaking the goddamn pattern! <laughs> the homeless man's body is a bloody pulp. It looks worse than Susan's body. David stares at it and doesn't retch at all. He smiles instead. The two unrelated victims were killed hours apart. One body may have even been used as sexual paraphernalia. David stares transfixed at the screen, leading police to wonder if there's a sexually motivated amateur serial killer on the loose. David's eyes drop down to the delicious cake set before him. He retches and spews up all over. End of episode.